Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And guys, I want to talk about South Florida sports for just a bit before we get into uh, Celtics-Sixers game two. Because I think what's going on with the Heat, and to an extent the Florida Panthers, I think it's something that may be a lesson going forward. So here's what I want to talk about. So I mentioned earlier that, look, Miami, you know, they, they split uh, in New York, one game apiece through two games in the second round uh, playoff series against the, uh, against the Knicks. They're doing it as an eight seed. And you figure, okay, this is a bit of a surprise. Florida Panthers, you know, they knocked off Toronto last night. And so they lead that best of seven series, one game to nothing in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you look at the Miami Heat, And what they did last season, a couple of quick numbers. Effective field goal percentage last season was fifth highest in the NBA. Points per possession allowed defensively, that was fourth best in the NBA. And they wound up having home court advantage in the Eastern Conference Finals. If you look at the Florida Panthers and what they accomplished last season. They were the president's trophy winners with a bet with more points than anyone else. They were swept in the second round by the lightning. And so it was a bit of a disappointment as far as how they performed in the playoffs. But what they did was they got a new coach. They lost a lot of free agents like Claude Giroux and Ben Chirot supplemented their blue lines with key defensemen. And then they added Matthew Kachuk and it took a while for them to gel But now it looks like they have. The Miami Heat's dealing with a similar thing. It took a while for them to gel because of injuries and, you know, regular season Jimmy Jimmy Butler and all of that stuff. But we're starting to see them gel uh, with random guys like Gabe Vincent, uh, you know, being readily available and, uh, you know, putting together some big numbers. The reason why I bring this up is the thing that both of these teams have in common, aside from being really successful in the regular season uh, last year, is that Mm -hmm. if you increase your sample size, so to speak, and you look at last year's data as well as this year's data, I think what you notice is that both of these teams are a good bit better than perhaps what their seeds suggest for this year. That if you add more information and you look at what these stars have been able to do in previous seasons and in key situations, yeah, the Heat have made some changes in terms of supplementary guys, but they look pretty darn good. And Coach Spo is still a, a defensive mastermind, and he knows just what lineups to put out there on the floor. And it's one of those deals where you go – if you add more information to your analysis, then maybe you get a better idea of what exactly you're working with. And so when it comes to betting on the Heat and betting on the Panthers, don't just look at the playoffs, don't just look at the regular season, but look at last year's numbers as well. And maybe you get a more complete picture in terms of how good both of these teams really are. There is something in the water in South Florida. And this is the direction I thought you were going with. Because it's not only the Heat as an eight seed taking out the one. It's not only the Panthers taking out the Bruins. It's mm. the FAU men's basketball team <laughs> going to the final four. It's the, the men as a five going to their first ever final four. It's the Miami women as a nine going to their elite eight. 
oh my god is that the capital of sports in 2023 right now with what we've been watching over the last few months it is insane what's happening down there overachievers gosh now yeah that is a great point what is in the water what are they drinking down there maybe just some really good karma the the sports gods are you know just going to favor them right now i mean that's crazy across all sports men and women magical things are happening to south florida teams south florida yep they they underachieve in the regular season a lot of them do and then all of a sudden they get to the playoffs and they flip a switch and you know we've talked about this in say other contexts as far as okay like with the lakers you know they had to make a lot of uh, adjustments at the trade deadline and they're a different team than they were at the start of the season fine uh you know with the heat maybe it's not as drastic but there's still this notion of okay the whole point is to win a championship the regular season can be used as sort of this laboratory where you're trying things out you're learning more about your team and then once the playoffs occur you know what matchup works best in certain situations. And so Mm. that matters. Just like, you know, last season, the Heat showed us what they were capable of. They have a really high ceiling. We didn't see it a lot during the regular season this go-round, but I think if you sort of expand your vision a little bit, whether it's the Heat, the Panthers, or, you know, a lot of South Florida teams now, uh, you get a more complete picture as far as what the ceilings are, and, and they're pretty high. Yep. Yep. There's no doubt about it. it that, that's a great point. And uh, <laughs> I guess there was a path for the, I'm just thinking about the hurricanes, the Miami men, but like I, a lot of people kind of swatted them to the side when the brackets came out and like, ah, oh, it's the ACC. It's just such a terrible conference this year, but you're right. I mean, when it comes down to it, oh, the heat, they're not going to do anything. They're in the playing game. They've had guys hurt all year. It's like, yeah, we keep hearing about when they're going to turn it on. They were a popular team in the offseason with some of the additions they were making. And then when it's time, uh, they, they put it all together. So, I mean, smart teams, smart organizations, kind of kind of waiting for the money time of the year. That, that's something to keep keep in mind. I love it. It's a great point. What Smart is, uh, organization. Yeah. I know it's a long time from now, but just feeling pretty good about the Heat after a close loss last night without their star player. BetMGM is the only two and a half I see out there for Saturday. There's threes, three and a halves. There's no way that's the number, two and a half, once we get to Saturday for game three, right? I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, I, I wonder, too, like, how much are we valuing home court advantage in these playoffs? Because, you know, granted, <laughs> you know, it's still a couple of points and should always be a couple of points. It shouldn't be this massive swing like some claim it should be. But mm-hmm. – we also have some key examples of road teams winning in high leverage situations uh, or road teams winning when they're massive underdogs, notably the Sixers uh, beating the Celtics in game one or the Lakers winning game one last night. I, mm-hmm. I wonder if that adjustment is something that, you know, needs to be revised a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it's something where you have to kind of go through game by game and yeah, it can be a little bit laborious, but you still, need to go through that exercise because to me 
when you have such high-profile examples of road teams winning outright as massive dogs, maybe we need to rethink uh, that process, that part of the process. So I'm assuming that this number is very likely Jimmy Butler on the court. We'll talk to Seamus McGee in about 10, 12 minutes about that because I find that really interesting. How is this lined? And what sort of an adjustment are we going to see? So last night, it, it's 10 without Butler. So is the thinking for sure Butler? Highly likely Butler? If he is in, how much does this go up? Because, you know, honest, honestly, I thought yesterday, I'm like, okay, they're assuming no Butler with six and a half, around six all day. Then it goes to 10. Was that money or what exactly? So... Yeah, Ed, I'm not sure that they've quite figured out the the adjustments, and the, there are some opportunities with the over-adjustments with some players in, out. And did you notice this also? These these teams that are missing the star player, they're covering that first game. They're covering that game, whether it's Giannis or Embiid or Butler last night. It keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And I was about to just point out that the Sixers at our uh, four to one again, but that just moved. Now it's like a little under three to one um, for the Sixers money line. So that's interesting. Um, it literally at the top of the segment, I saw a four to one out there and I thought, oh, that's what it was the last time when you threw that out there, right? And you're like, why mm-hmm. don't you just bet the Sixers on the money line? Um, but should we talk about that game or where you guys want to yep. go next? Because I, yeah, let's I do it. really think... There is something interesting about this Sixers team. They are now 13-5 and five without Embiid. They play, mm. I don't know if they're rallying to do it for Embiid, but there's something, like, I'm sure you guys notice it, they played a little more loose or relaxed. Or, it was a completely different team without Embiid out there. And we saw the team, like, hugging him, and I don't think it's because they don't like the guy, but there's something about that Sixers team that seems to play very well without him, which makes no sense because the dude just won MVP. But uh, I'm thinking about betting the Sixers on the money line tonight. If he's not out there, if he if Embiid's not out there, I like Sixers money line. The spread moved uh, at least two points on BetMGM nine and a half when I looked at it earlier. Yeah. Uh, this morning. Now I, it's it just seven happened half, during so... this segment. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else it could be except uh, Joel Embiid news. I mean, maybe it's money, but, I mean, that seems like an Embiid move to me. I mean, you talked about uh, how well the Sixers have played without Embiid this season. I'm looking at his plus-minus numbers. Uh, points per possession offensively, plus 6.2 when he's on the floor. Defensively, uh, minus 4.7. Both of those per cleaning the glass are 85th percentile or better. And so it's not like that Joel Embiid has, you know, sort of flat plus minus numbers to where you go, all right, well, they have, you know, so many other pieces, it doesn't matter. No, it's a significant drop off when he's not on the floor, and yet they still find ways to win. And you, you sort of scratch your head because there's so many things you can point to that would suggest the opposite, uh, whether it's James Harden or Doc Rivers or, or, you know, whomever. It feels like these should be much bigger numbers and the Sixers shouldn't be as successful without Joel Embiid. But, you know, the numbers aren't lying here. And that's the other uh, thing. Can James Harden do it again? Do we trust that that could happen? No, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> no, no. 
I mean, is that is that what you need for them to win? Do you need another forty-five piece from him? Embiid's not playing, right? They win game According one. According to Shams, Embiid is indeed on track to return tonight. Jeez, why would you push that? Do they? Because they th- do they think? Well, they this were is lucky a Celtics spot, right? If you're like the public, you're like, okay, the Celtics it's... have to win this game, right? I mean, that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. I think anybody that, is, would think that. I mean, we're yeah. 10 and a half now at MGM. 10 and a half. It's the only 10 and a half I see out there. So, Oof. yeah, there, there's some bead news. I don't, I don't think he's going to play. I, didn't we get this yesterday, how Butler was going to try? They're always going to try. But at a point. Oh, yeah, the and then he's warming the up on, on the court. Like, oh, he's going to play. And then it was like a last-minute decision, too. Well, who's making the decision? That's it. Is it Embiid? No, it's not Embiid. You can't let Joel Embiid make this decision. You can't let Jimmy Butler make that decision last night. Like, we, we did what we wanted. We stole one. Like, okay, let, let's see what our guys can do. Maybe they can rise to the occasion once again. But I, mm-hmm. I would be sitting Embiid. Uh, I want to push back yeah. on one idea, though, Joe. Something you talked about uh, as far as Jimmy Butler not needing to play game two. Uh, because, you know, they, they they split, and that's fine. That's all you need. To me, the disparity between Sixers Celtics is much, much wider than it is between sure. Knicks and Heat. Celtics sure. are significantly better. And so what do you do when you are the significant underdog? You've got to shorten the series, because as it goes on, the better team tends to win. So to me, it makes more sense that Embiid – should be pushed a little bit more in a situation like this because the Celtics are clearly the better team. Whereas in that other Eastern Conference series, it's a little bit closer. You can afford not to have Butler, but here you really do need Joel Embiid because you got your James Harden game and it turned out to be a victory. Great. But I don't know if you can expect another one of those. So their next game is Friday. They do not have the extra rest like we also talked about with the Butler series. So that's an interesting point. Uh, let's jump into the trends world. And it's a trend that makes sense. When the home team loses game one, they have won game two 14 straight times. Nick's game last night made it 14 straight times. And I will buy into that. And I'm not saying it's because of the trend. It just makes perfect sense. The team at home in the desperate spot, we can't go down 0-2 to start the series. And now we're going to go on the road for a couple. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics are winning tonight. It's just a matter of whether That's or not they're going to cover this lofty number. I I think, mm. if anything, they weren't expecting the Sixers to be that good with Embiid out and probably just didn't play up to their full potential. I expect this to be a very angry Celtics team, especially with everything that's happened in sports in Boston. They yeah. can't afford to go down 0-2. <laughs> Well, and to me, the Joel Embiid news is good as far as that's concerned because it's it's making it a more serviceable number. I, I would back the Celtics to 7.5 here. Absolutely. This is BetMGM Daily presented by BetMGM. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM, excuse me. Coming up next, Seamus McGee from BetMGM joins the show to talk about all the action he's been seeing in all of the postseasons right here on the BetQL Network.